Hey there, we're the West Slot Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. We continue our summer previews with a look at week three when the mighty Akron Zips come calling. Um, finally, our listeners say, finally, you get to Akron. <laughs> so what's interesting is, like, I I didn't really, really realize that Terry Bowden was their head coach until I, you know, started doing the research. But, like, okay, that, that that's a Bowden. Um, but what, what, you know, as far as, you know, he's not the... The Bowden of record, at least. Well, not a... <laughs> Bowden of record. <laughs> the Bowden of record. <laughs> I there, wish we had more the, cause to talk about him so we could we could use that phrase over and over. <laughs> yeah, where where is the pecking order? Like, who's who's number two in that? Is it Tommy or is it Terry? I don't know. I think it depends on where in history we find ourselves. Are there uh, other Bowdens that are less known? I know. Is there, like, Tito Bowden, Jermaine Bowden? <laughs> Jermaine Bowden. <laughs> hey, I don't know. You, we're probably in, like, the third generation now, right? I mean, Charlie Weiss's son is uh, is a offensive coordinator at FAU now, so there's probably some more Bowdens ready to trickle into the mainstream. I got Okay, is, so, is so he there's... still there? I just, you know, we're getting off on a tangent here, but is he still there? <laughs> anyway. I don't know. There's... Look. People. There's Terry, there's Terry, Tommy, and Jeff, and then there is a Steve Bowden who's Wait, uh, who, Jeff. Who I, yeah, there's Jeff Bowden, and then there's Steve Bowden, and then there's a Terry Bowden Jr., uh, Jordan Bowden, Jamie Bowden. <laughs> I'm leaving the women out of this for now. People, did you really want us to dive deep into Akron football, or do you want more filler? You know, I mean, we can <laughs> Sunset Bowden. Wait, what? That's Bobby Bowden's mother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hard. Anyway, I, so <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got a pivot. I've, got, I can get us off of this um, and, and on to defense. Um, Do they have which, a defense? So, well, so here's the funny thing, right? We're talking about Terry Bowden, but the best thing I think about this coaching old boys network that is college football is some of these guys who, you know, are riding out their their final days on the pasture um, at smaller schools, Terry Bowden et al., um, don't have to work too hard to find someone of of like age and and past credentials to join them on the coaching tree. And uh, Chuck Amato was Akron's defensive coordinator up until last year. Um, erstwhile coach of North Carolina State when North Carolina State had a moment there for a little bit. And before that, he was under um, the Bowden of record <laughs> at, <laughs> at, at Florida State. Um, so, I mean, they they up until last year at least had, you know, whatever Chuck Amato had left in the tank. But um, it's, it's pretty hilarious that Akron won a division title and played in a bowl game last year. Because this team was atrocious on the defensive side of the ball. Sorry, Chuck. Um, it's hard to look at a team that ranked second to last in the MAC in run defense and pass defense and believe that their overall performance wasn't due to luck. This is a team that, again, made a bowl game last year and won a division title and started off the season losing to Penn State and Iowa State by a combined score of 93 to 14. 
So what the Zips didn't do on defense was allow a lot of big plays, at least in conference. Um, they also picked off 19 passes, and that more than anything is what made the difference for this defense. So like I said, this was Amato's swan song as the defensive coordinator at Akron, and I guess you could argue that it was a triumphant one, I guess, um, as the interception numbers would suggest. The zips are decent in one place, and that is at cornerback. Jordan George, Darian Daly, and Kyron Brown are all seniors. They all play, um, and they're all fairly decent. Um, they also have one athletic linebacker in Ulysses Gilbert III and one speedy defensive end in Jamal Davis II. Um, Davis, though, uh, is the bigger of the two guys, and he's only 235 pounds. And aside from him, Akron's defensive line is flat awful they don't get to the quarterback and they sure as heck don't stop the run so Akron's game plan as you might have guessed assumes that they will give up a lot of first downs they count on getting turnovers when they need them and they try to be patient um and this worked to a miraculous extent in the MAC last year in Akron's non-con last year it didn't work at all um this game, bottom line, should fall into the don't overthink things and run the damn ball category and should be a comfortable game for the Cats. There just ain't much there on the defensive side of the ball for Akron. Uh, turning to the offensive side, um, I, it, well, can you turn to the offensive side? What, what do you expect from uh, the Zips this year offensively, Scuzz? After, after what John said... I'm stunned that this team finished seven and seven and won their division last year because they fit, they finished in the bottom third of the Mac in every major stat other than turnovers on the offense. How is this statistically possible? Now I'm like getting worried. <laughs> <laughs> like this team clearly has a giant horseshoe. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you look at last year, they beat Ohio 37, 34. They beat Buffalo 21, 20. They beat Western Michigan 14, 13. So, I mean, they're, they're winning these really close games, which, you know, probably go either way. Well, I so, I mean, my takeaway, like, digging through the stats and the returning players was that last year they finished terrible, and then they lost their QB, two running backs, every receiver with meaningful stats except for their top guy, two starters on the O-line, and two backups. They've lost the beeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. The what? <laughs> what? And the what? Uh... I'm not going to do the note. <laughs> <laughs> um, only 30, 38% of last year's offensive yards returned. So the, I like this offense just immediately feels really anemic. Um, the one, the one returning wideout, Quadarius Smith is, I guess, probably the biggest concern for NU. He's tiny. He's five nine, one sixty five, but he averaged 20 plus yards per catch last year. And he did have seven touchdowns. Now, that being said, this is not the type of Mac receiver that has caused problems for the Cats in the past. It's been big physical wideouts who have hurt us. Uh, but this guy has clearly been the go-to at Akron. Um, uh, the, the quarterback, Cato uh, Nelson, played a bit last year, so these guys surely have a little bit of, of chemistry, etc. There is another weapon uh, on this team that fits the NU bugaboo, and that's Mikel Trailer Bennett. Uh, he's barely played. He had very little production in 2016. He was injured in 2017 and in 2015, but presumably he's going to be a starter. He's 6'3", 230, uh, you know, a physical problem for, for our, uh, our corners certainly, but he doesn't have the height of, I just, I remember there was a receiver at Miami and then of course, um, Corey Davis at Western Michigan, like 
big physical receivers in the MAC have have caused the Cats problems in the past. I, I, I'm not I'm not super concerned, but we should we should keep our eye out on these on these two wideouts. Uh, the running game last year for Akron again, this like st- statistically impossible to win their division. They averaged three point u three point two yards per carry. It was extremely anemic. Uh, Van Edwards is presumed uh, the starter this year as a senior, but we should keep our eyes out for true freshman Abraham Alsay. He's about as good a recruit as Akron has on the entire team, and, and the opportunity to start might be there. I, I mentioned the QB, Cato Nelson. He's considered, he, he could be considered an X-factor because he is billed as a dual-threat QB. Um, last year he stood in for the starter. Like I mentioned, he played about five games and he had some flashes. He played pretty good against Ohio and Miami, but he got sacked 21 times in five games. Our defensive line should just have a field day here. Uh, you know, we talked in our Duke preview just about the problems that, that versatile QBs, uh, have given Northwestern Nelson's only a sophomore. Uh, he ran the ball a ton. He ran almost. He, he took over a hundred attempts uh, running the ball last year. Averaged only two point one yards per carry. So he's not the type of dynamic threat that that I'm super worried about. I think we should be able to contain him, and I don't think this offense is going to be a real problem. So you know, you look at their schedule. Um, they open up with a game at Nebraska. Uh, then they're home against Morgan State before coming to Northwestern, and then at Iowa State. The rest of it is conference. I'm not too worried about it. It doesn't really make a, a difference one way or the other. Um, you know, the, the biggest, I guess, takeaway is that they do play at Nebraska week one. Shouldn't be an issue for the Huskers. Um, God, I hope they win. Oh, my God, I hope they win. Please, that, Akron, win. That could be a, a hilarious beginning to the Scott Frost era. Let me put it this way. If Akron doesn't score points against Nebraska – they are not even going to get first downs against Northwestern. <laughs> not to step on the Nebraska preview, but uh, there are indicators to take as much about Nebraska as about Akron out of that game for us. Um, uh, it's I. The other thing, right, is when you talk about who Akron opens with, keep in mind, too, that um, not only, as Scuzz alluded to and as I alluded to, are we going to absolutely control the line of scrimmage on both offense and defense in this game, we're going to have played a very solid defense in Purdue and a great defense in Duke in the two weeks leading up to this game. Um, and I just think, I don't know, I just feel like our offensive line is going to just manhandle these guys. Um, and I feel, you know, multiple, I think multiple backs are probably going to have a big day in this one. Is there any reason to kind of look at this game as a, you know, Let's not overlook this, especially yes. with especially yes. with you know what's coming up the weekend after. Yes, always, always when we play the Mac. Um, That's why I, I right, yeah. If, I mean, if you look at, at at any of the last few years between Western Michigan, Miami of Ohio, I think there was a game against Toledo. Like there, I, there was a there was a close game against Eastern Michigan. That's what it was. Like it's always too close for comfort. Always. I mean, we should be beating these teams by 30 or 40, and it's just not how our our team is structured, and it's not how our offenses run. It's not how our coaches think. Um, they take a more, I don't know, like real game approach. Is that the right, right, right way to put it? I mean, they, they approach game planning these games like they'd game plan a Big Ten game and, you know, take what the defense gives them and, you know, not really dictating – uh, the 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 pace or 
um, or the terms. And I think these teams get up for Northwestern and, and we are generally not up for them. And what you get, what you get is like 21 to eight to 15 or 18 uh, festivals that raise all of our blood pressure and make us freak out. No, I, I guess I should, you know, should be clear. We do have a bye week after Akron, so I mean, there there is a week off between Akron and the start of well, not the start of a Big Ten conference play, but the resumption of Big Ten conference play against Michigan. So, you know, we're not. I, I would imagine that the look ahead issue might not be as strong, considering we're going into the bye week at that point. Well, and if there's a silver line to the conference, the nine game conference schedule, this is it because. I think we're by this point we're going to already have played a meaningful road conference football game in the Big 10 plus Duke who's a very solid football team. So there's a lot less, you know, creamy frosting on the front end, a lot less opportunities for Fitz to be like can't show anyone the playbook, let's just stuff it into the line against Ball State 50 times, that kind of thing. It's like we're going to have to really open up the playbook against Purdue and Duke right out of the gate. So, like, I don't think there's a lot that we're going to be, like, there are going to be a lot of looks we're going to be trying to hide from Michigan in this game. And I feel like that at least helps, you know, takes less impetus out of playing creative football or, like, you know, makes us want to. Uh, my, basically what I'm trying to say is I want some pulling linemen, for crying out loud. No stuffing up the middle. Get the linemen out in space and this will all be over quick. <laughs> Uh, anything else we have to, to add yes. about Akron? All right. Yes. Uh, Akron has uh, an amazing collection of potential all-name players. <laughs> John, you already mentioned Ulysses Gilbert. Um, I happen to like Cato Nelson and Van Edwards you know, in, the, in the backfield as well. But, okay, so Maverick Wolfley at tight end. <laughs> That's just awesome. Um, Kyle Ritz and Brandon Council uh, stack up on the on the left side of the O line. There's a Landon Foreman at right tackle and a Jordan George at strong safety. So you've got a little bit of, of interesting George Foreman play there. Um, <laughs> Brock Boxen at at defensive tackle. Nick Gasser at uh, at punter. I should mention Nick Gasser is coached not by Jermaine Bowden, but aforementioned actual son of Bobby Bowden, Jeff Bowden. He's the special teams coach at Akron. Uh, so he actually exists. Uh, Darian Daly, Kyron Brown. Like, they've just got some good names on this team. Um, so, yeah, look out for that. That's Maver- probably Maverick all we Wolf- need to look out for, though. Maverick Wolfley. What a name. That's a, That's just that's awesome. That's a sweet name. Well, that'll just about wrap it up for our discussion on Akron this week. Head to our website, westlotpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Westlot Pirates. Call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. And email the show, westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the Westlot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Scasboy and Sam Walter, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.